0: And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show, dude, dude, dude. I'm I'm super excited for our guest today. Uh, I I want to say a certain word, but you know, maybe it's not my place. So please help me welcome at this time. uh, You know him as the guy. You know, Ben Curtis. How are you doing, man?
1: Dude,
0: that's the word, man. How are you, man? (laughs)
1: I'm doing all right. I've been through a lot of different spaces uh, this week, but in general, I am, I feel really blessed. Life is very abundant and uh, I feel really grateful and I'm just grateful to be here.
0: That's so. Uh, that's fantastic. And, and folks, you're like, gosh, like so familiar. Like what? Yes. Uh, ben is the Dell dude uh, from the commercial. Gosh, man. I don't even want to, I don't even want to say what years those were Um, say uh, what early early 2000s maybe that's right yeah
1: 2000 to 2003 and um, sounds like you may not have heard seen the new ones that were just out recently I have uh, okay so they're back that, so as of December
0: yeah right, fantastic and I saw that there was a like a Super Bowl commercial but it didn't air right is that um, because I, I, I know right about that you know January there were mm-hmm. a ton of of the new commercials, which uh, oh are yeah. super, super happy to see. Um, no, I think
1: Dell would have been smart to do a Super Bowl commercial with with the dude, but they did not. So, uh, but we did a really incredible, see Dell Technologies is doing a phenomenal job right now of, of really capturing what they're up to in the world and helping make technology a renewable energy, not just something where we're destroying the planet. So they've done an incredible job of doing that. So they put me in space and a McLaren uh, and, what was the other one in my office? Yeah,
0: right. the 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 race car, the McLaren. That was yeah, that was fantastic. Did you actually yeah. get to like drive it a little bit, or is it all green screen? Oh Did yeah, like that it?
1: was all me. Yeah, I raced the entire time. Yeah, no, they, I bet they would love me. I've seen celebrities; they don't even let celebrities touch their cars. They like you can pose near them, but right, yeah.
0: Well, those things are like million dollar machines.
1: Yeah, those yeah. And they, there's. One. Yeah. But it's really cool to see Dell out there in the world representing.
0: Absolutely. So, um, going back to, you know, 1999, 2000, when you, when you first got the job, um, how, how did that come about? Like, were was it just a massive audition? Um, did they see something in a reel and ask you to audition? Oh, no. So I,
1: uh, And by the way, I'm just looking at on camera, like thinking of auditioning and stuff. I'm recovering from a surfing accident that I had. Um, So I have this whole swollen eye and certain mornings it just like puffs up. And I I had a board of the face that split my face open. Um, So I got really into surfing lately. It's part of my well being and and what I love. And I'm here to tell the story that, you know, I lived and I still love it. So I just wanted to say that for everybody who may be like, what's up with that guy's face? Because um, <laughs> it does look different than the commercials right now. <laughs> um, so I just put that, that out there. Um, as for the Dell commercials, how they started? Well, I was uh, in acting. I am from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my dream was to be an actor. There's one actor in our family. She was amazing. She was on Broadway and soap operas and TV and uh we would go visit her in new york and she was just like wow to me and i would meet like movie stars in her backyard and um um, i just you know my dad was a preacher and i kind of saw him entertaining and and but doing it through love and, and moving people and um you know i say entertaining but just bringing like the message to people in a way that they could hear it and uh i think that just brought out an entertainer in me and things weren't always great in my household growing up, but I, I just knew I had to be an actor. And so I auditioned for NYU, which was my dream school. I didn't think I'd ever get in, let alone afford it. And not only did I get in academically, but we also, I got offered an acting scholarship and that allowed us to go. And from there, I just, you know, I, when you follow, when you know what you love and you follow your dream, know and you're in new york you just you got to give it your all and and i really you know and i still do that to this day i believe in following your dreams as part of your well-being and doing what you love as part of that and um so i i just build beasts of accountability around me to make sure i do what i love and putting my butt in new york and and new york university really had me do that and i went after it i thought it would take years and i got it into um in front of an agent and i gotten They saw something in me, and I got out to auditions. And within months, I landed the Dell computer commercial. Uh, oh, I was wow. the only guy there without his mom because it was for 13 to 17-year-olds. So I was 19. Oh. But I was a great actor. I already had it intuitively. I'd already been training some. And I knew, I knew what they wanted. I knew this kid. I was like, that's me. I was great at manipulating my parents into buying me things um and using my heart and charm to do so um mostly because i'd build good cases too and i always thought in business and that really like that was the first commercial you know this kid's like mom dad you know and he has this whole thing like spiel and puts himself on videotape to get all he wanted you know and what's really cool is 20 years later, uh, both Dell and I have grown up and uh, are still are both doing great things for the planet now. And it all really started there. So I have to thank them for for boosting me in and saying yes to me.
0: Do you think that you have said the word dude more than anybody on on the planet?
1: Oh, I was thinking about that. Like the dude wears my car guys. Right. Um,
0: That's it. That's the, that was the only one I, I could think of that. Maybe- no, I'm pretty sure I
1: have. Yeah, oh, you- I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. And I do it even more now. I notice I do it all the time now. And I, I have owned the- it. Yeah. yeah, I have. So I have a podcast called Dude, You're Getting Well. And I haven't even officially launched it yet. I'm getting like this, this superstar um, cast right now. That uh, hopefully will include Michael Dell. I'm waiting to hear back from him. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, yeah, I talk about wellness all the time. And, and from the dude standpoint, I work mostly with dudes, um, even though I believe dude is a uh, trans transgender word, like what, beyond all right. genders. Yeah, I, I,
0: think, I think you're right. I think it encompasses all. I think like um, I use bro and dude. Yeah. You know, uh, no matter who I'm talking to. So I mean, I
1: think you I, may you may be like around the age to still remember this, but there is a show on Nickelodeon called Hey, Dude. Hey, yes. 100 percent. Melanie, who I can't remember her real name. She's married to um, Ben Stiller. The actress. Right. Um, She's awesome. I just can't think I'm blanking on her name. Anyway, yeah, I had was, a crush oh, yeah, on both I, the women in that show and Brad. That was the other character, the woman in that show. And, uh, so I was like, oh, they're on a dude ranch. Like women are part of this, you know? And so for me, it was like, oh yeah, we're all dudes. Yeah. So that's what I'd say.
0: One, one, 100%. My pronouns
1: are he, him, dude.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic.
1: Instagram doesn't give you that option yet.
0: No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that though. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, so then how did come 20 years later in 2022, um, the end of 2021, how did, how did it come back to uh the marriage between Ben and Dell?
1: That's a great question. Well, I'll talk about it metaphysically and then I'll talk about it in reality. I think <laughs> metaphysically because I am, you know me or have seen my YouTube page, like, and I give everyone I know this manifestation meditation that I created for my clients, because I really believe in the power of asking for what you want and then getting out of the way. And one thing I realized is I really wanted to work with Dell again, and I saw so many opportunities. And so I kept asking them throughout the years. And um, even five years ago, they said, listen, we're not really I got in hold of Michael Dell on Twitter and then we developed this communication and I think he's a great guy and I believe in what he's doing. And, um, we, uh, I pitched this idea and basically what I said, like I've grown up. So have you, and I think we could do a really incredible things for the world. I see like Steve as a CEO now, Steve, the Dell dude, you know, or he's like some corporate, uh, you know, some high up managerial position or started his own tech company and, Um, And they said, you know, we've really moved on from from Steven and that that brand. We're not trying to sell computers to to people. I mean, we are. But the the thing is, we're a global entity and and we've really moved beyond any one person. I said, I totally get that. And nostalgia is back. Like, look at all the people they're bringing back. And this could be the greatest thing that you ever do. And us both show how the company and I have evolved. So they were like they actually were interested. And then I didn't hear from for five years. And then. I finally let go of it. And that is the key. I think I finally let go of it. So I have this belief that if you open your arms and you actually have the space to receive something. So if you release something, you know, if you have a death grip and you're like trying to force something to happen, sometimes letting it go a little bit, I feel like is a boomerang. And I just started following my heart and continued following my heart. Um, And as a musician and a creator and and wellness, I was doing yoga and personal training. But what I really got called into was coaching. And I started coaching and um, basically doing life coaching, but I support people in following their dreams and dealing with anything that's in the way, which is mostly our relationship with ourselves. So I work on people's relationship with themselves and tools for self care. So I really started taking care of myself and all those things I was doing back then. I struggled with addiction and, um, and trauma and uh, a lot of things and I just did massive amounts of self-care I got sober and I just started working on myself and then sharing my medicine with the world and I just followed my heart and then it felt like out of nowhere Dell came back and said hey we would love to we have this idea we think it's great and I said good I'm glad you finally think it's great I do too (laughs) um but it was a it was perfect and I'm and there's there very well, maybe more to come from that relationship. It's too early to tell, but, um, right. I'm just grateful for what I've done and, and they're doing great things. So in reality is, you know, they just called me and <laughs> and <laughs> I called them a few years ago, you know,
0: right. hey, you know uh, um, but I think
1: it's keeping possibility alive and asking for what you want. I think those things are really important. And I say that for anyone, no matter who you are, or what you do. Um, you know and if it's i think if it's meant to be in there's and you have this space for it it'll happen you know if you really want it you know the other thing is i had to deal with do i really want to be famous again you know during that fame i dealt with a lot of trauma and uh i didn't i didn't necessarily get a lot of respect as the dell dude i was i was more like a um like a character you know like right. people were like oh man this is such a weird thing but you know it was actually something i developed as an actor so And the, the, at the end of the day, there's something you said, you know, leading up to this podcast is I just want to, you know, we're going to have fun and I believe in bringing joy and and having fun. And that's really important And doing what you love. It's part of it. So
0: 100%, you know, Uh, you
1: can be rich and wealthy in your life, wherever you are, as long as you're, if you want to have fun, you can enjoy anything you have right now.
0: One, what, 100%. And I, and I do want to talk about the, the, the life coach stuff before I do that i I'm I definitely have to hit on my um you're again you said hey you're an actor and since then you've been able to be on some fantastic dream shows um what was it like uh orange first off orange is the new black uh you know getting to appear on that and then uh the marvelous miss uh, miss Mazel like mm-hmm. um that I mean t- to to my dog is going nuts. I don't know if you can. Hear. Maybe your dog um,
1: really likes that show.
0: <laughs> I'm a huge fan. And um, I love
1: dogs, so thank you.
0: <laughs> to, uh, you know, be at that, you know, oh well, maybe the acting career might be over. Time to pursue something else, and then, you know, these these dream type gigs come come about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what was your question?
0: <laughs> the question so was how does that uh, happen? well, one, how how did those. You know, come you know, how did you get the, were you, were you continuously, you know, after, you know, uh, the, the commercials ended, did you keep trying out, did you keep auditioning and is that Mm -hmm. how you landed those or did Mm -hmm. something else, like you said, the word, the manifestation, did that happen?
1: Um, yeah, great question. I both, I mean, I think I manifested in that I did not, I never gave up. I actually, after the Dell commercials and after the famous arrest and all that, I went on to produce theater. I mean, I was a, I was, I don't want to say victim, but in a way, yeah, I was of 9 11. I was highly impacted by, by September 11th. I lived in ground zero. And so I, and I was in school still. I was at NYU as an actor. So I was using what I was learning. I started doing political street theater, like showing, putting things in the theater in union square in New York city to talk about what we're doing. I produced uh, a play called Indian Once the Bronx and it was Al Pacino's first big famous role. And it was about an Irish and Jewish kid that just abused this Indian man because they don't understand him and their own ignorance. And, um, it's very controversial play, but we, we produced it in New York and we took it to the Edinburgh fringe fest, um, in response to 9-11 to say, look what we're doing to people just cause they look different from us. You know, we, right. yeah, we have reason to defend our country, but we can't just go attacking everyone who looks, you know, who's a Muslim or who has dark skin or who looks different, you know? Right. And I played an Irish kid in this and my Jewish friend played a Jewish kid. And we, so we really owned the role. And our, our uh, friend of ours from India played the Indian character and, um, you know, I don't know, I can't believe what it was like for him to, to go through that role, but we had talkbacks with audiences and, um, invited them in. That's why we went to Edinburgh too oh. to bring in the, right. the, the Indian population in the UK as well. Um, you know, I then started my first feature film spy, the movie, a lot of people don't know about it. Um, I, so I went in like after Dell, I actually continued performing. I went I, on to do star and off-Broadway shows and films and theater and voiceovers, and I still do all of that today. And, um, and I continued playing music, so I'm in an award-winning band with my wife called Dirty May. Yeah. M-A-8. I definitely want
0: to talk about that because I, uh, I checked out some of the stuff on YouTube. And yeah. Super into it. Yeah. So I just
1: didn't give up. And my, I have a manager who really believes in me, Renata English. Uh, she's incredible and she's been there since jump. And so she keeps, you know, we have a great relationship and she keeps sending me out and I send myself out, my su- myself out on jobs. And I invite agents and casting directors to my work. And um, you know, I still, I still take actions and, some point, you know, I, I don't believe in trying to convince everyone that I'm the greatest or anything. I just believe in showing up and doing the work and telling the story. And, um, so anytime I've gotten auditions, I do really well in them. Uh, they're fewer and far between these days. Um, and still like, you know, that's, what's got me on those shows is just believing in myself and believing in the work and believing in telling the story as well. So, like, Orange is the New Black was this hilarious character I played as, uh, like, a Southie Boston guy. And I used to watch Goodwill Hunting religiously and studied accents. So, I was thrilled to be able to play a character. And we're in a Catholic school in, like, New York. So, it was it was great. And then Marvelous Mrs. Mazel, I was actually trying to get my band on there. And uh, then I just suddenly got an audition for this role as this guy. And it, it was perfect. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I think if you're if you're meant to get the job, you will. You know, and if I, the rest of it's just putting it putting yourself out there, taking action, and then letting go of results. So that's like right. the manifestation part, right? right? Like I consistently take action towards what I care about, and then I let go. That's and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That's a fantastic way to say it. Now, at what point did you? change you know your life habits and decide to become a life coach and how does one how do you go from just changing your habits and helping yourself to wanting Mm -hmm. to help others
1: Hmm. that's a great question um i think you listen to your heart and um if you want to help others you will uh i was really blessed i have to really say it's um You know, my parents, I had an exceptional, exceptional and exceptionally unusual upbringing. I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I had two very liberal parents who taught me to believe for myself, to look at all sides, to listen to everyone. A father that was a priest, but encouraged me to go to synagogues and learn from people and who worked in civil rights and encouraged me to play in the all black baseball league as a kid. Um. In different neighborhoods you know and so I had and my mom's worked with refugees um, and so my parents just always were of service to people so it's just I think part of inner nature and my dad just taught me the importance of others right and and he taught me about suffering at a very early age and my parents taught me about feelings at a very early age and we're all in therapy so we all had to talk about our feelings and you know, it, I was a very sensitive boy, so that was not sexy growing up, you know. But uh, what I learned is as, as I got feedback from the world and I started owning you know, myself as an actor, all these things I was avoiding about myself when I wasn't acting were these really sensitive sides. And it was through a coach and through coaching that I discovered that my sensitivity could be my superpower, Right. And that I had access to a vulnerability that most men do not have access to. And um, uh, and I've always done some kind of stuff from it. Like I've always played sports. I've known I need to exercise. I feel great when I do it. I've um, When I was in school uh, at, at NYU, I studied um, physical theater at one point. We were doing a shtanga yoga every morning. And I was just like, incredible shape and so wellness was so key and no matter how drunk I ever got and you know years later like my go-to was I would be in the yoga studio the next day or I'd run you know or that's how I coped with anxiety A- after 9-11 and um, trauma uh, I was trying to you know self-medicate with drugs and alcohol before I really knew what was going on and exercise was the only kind of working but I had to clear all that other stuff out of my system so and right before 9-11, I took one workshop in uh, Landmark Education, which is this worldwide organization for personal growth and development. And similar to like a Tony Robbins thing, but they actually have ongoing courses and it's not just one man and they develop uh, leaders inside. So there's a coaching opportunities. Um, so I'd done that. And years later, I ended up meeting a friend who was coaching at landmark and I went and did some programs there and I got really developed in coaching and coaching a lot of different people. And mostly just the training was being coached for listening for people's greatness. Um, And this was all happening. And so as, and then I got sober and you know, a lot of the 12 step programs are built on helping others. And if you're of service to someone else, you're helping yourself. And then I also, Learned in there, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others. I was like, well, which is it? But like, if you can't breathe, you can't help someone else. So I just really got great at my practicing self care. And then I started seeing all these men out in the world and people out in the world who didn't have tools for self care or for even to say how they're feeling or any of this stuff. So And then I decided, like, it was great to coach Landmark, but I wanted to get paid for coaching. And um, I believe in getting paid for my time. And I even asked my therapist, like, we talked about it. I was like, I'm really interested in being a therapist. Tell me about it. She's like, you'd be great. Let me suggest things. And then I realized I didn't want to sit in an office all day and just listen to people. I wanted to actually hold people accountable (laughs) to go be and do what they say they're going to do, because that's what's made a difference for me. As a coach, who was like, that's great, but how are you going to take action? So I believe in both. I don't think there's any one wrong or right modality, and I still work with a therapist and I still work with a coach, but I just saw having someone in my corner to hold me accountable that was not me, that reminded me to ask for help, that reminded me of my greatness, that, um, you know, where I couldn't hide was just invaluable. And I just started soaring as a coach and soaring as an actor and soaring as a musician And the only difference was because I had accountability structures to take action towards what I cared about. So I never stopped acting. I never stopped playing music. And I never stopped coaching. And I've just, during the pandemic, listened for the need and for the calls for help, even when they're silent. And men still have the highest rate of suicide. So I still listen for the men who aren't asking for help, who are asking for help. Um, and so that's why I focus towards that, just because I know men um, traditionally, and it, unfortunately, it is still about gender in our country. We've been trained to to k- shoulder burdens, and then it doesn't feel, and then it's not safe to share our feelings. And now, yet yeah, there's like everyone's like women are like, please share, just share your feelings. And we're like, we don't know how. It's not safe. Right. And now we're, and we've been in a pandemic for. 18 months and we're still like dipping our toes in, like, is it safe? Is it safe? And meanwhile, building rage on social media against each other. So what we really need to do is just come together and listen to each other and ask for help. Um, so that's why I always say yes to things like this, um, as an opportunity to connect with a new person.
0: Right. Uh, I I'm, I'm, you, you mentioned your, your podcast, you know, coming up, uh, dude, you're getting well, but, uh, for folks who maybe want a sampling of that, um, I, am a huge fan of what you do on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with, uh, Monday motivation, wake up Wednesdays and, and freedom Fridays, um, and, and, you know, being able to, to talk, you know, uh, on, on an open, you know, forum like that. Um, what made you decide to, to start doing that on social media and to, you know, like something like a, a wake up Wednesday where you, where you just chat for an hour.
1: Um, well, one was being held accountable to do that. <laughs> uh, I had a coach who was like, Hey, now this is great that you've done all this training. Now you need to go share it. You know, you need to like start coaching people. Right. Um, so start something regular. And um I started it with a guy named John Tran, who is also in that program. And we like fell in love, like brotherly love on, and we've still never gotten to hug in person. We've oh, only no. met like this. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, but it's, we developed this great, you know, Monday thing. Um, it was divine masculine Mondays that we were doing every Monday. And uh, I just, um It was a calling for me every Monday to get out of my head and into what matters to me. And if I had a guest, too, it was another accountability. And it just, it worked. And it was such a great space. Um, It's now, now I'm doing just wake up Wednesdays on Wednesday mornings. Um, And, uh, and, we're also so the and the dude you're getting well and all this the things i'm doing regularly like i'm i'm still doing something regularly i'm just scaling it back because i was giving so much of myself i was spreading myself thin so now what i'm working on with my coach is just concentrating where i am um so i also have something called the lion's den which is a uh, weekly men's group that i coach and lead and we all listen for each other's greatness and it's a space to practice being vulnerable And, uh, that's by application. I have a call with anyone who wants to do it, but I make it available. Um, that's, that's one of the programs I I have for, for everyone, you know, people who might not be able to afford to work with me one-on-one. Um, so I just, I create as much value as I can and always put out, you know, meditations and things like that. So,
0: um,
1: you know, my Instagram and my YouTube are both great pages to get, you know, all of the content and, you know, and sharing all the realness and the fun and the stories too. Uh,
0: I I, I agree. Um, I, I, again, love, love the content being out there, but let's say, you know, you just want to say screw it and you want to stay in bed all day and eat ice cream. How do you, how do you motivate yourself to get up and not do that?
1: That's a great question. And a lot of people are struggling with those days right now, especially Me. post-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for saying that, Milo. Um, yeah, depression is real. It's really heavy right now. Anxiety. We're grieving. You know, we've not necessarily known that or had the space to do it. So I'm just reminding people that, like, going through this pandemic and the, how quickly the world has changed and is changing, actually, like, grief comes with that. And we have to acknowledge it. So I think if there's any places where you're avoiding grief, that to lean into that and ask for help around those areas. That's some of the best ways. But as far as like, you know, I just say that as a precursor, as far as just what to do to get when you just don't feel like it. For me, it's um, you have to it's getting creative and putting something in your day that that has you get out of your head and into action. So accountability. I think is probably one of the best things like having a buddy. If you're, if you're, if you can't do it alone, well, you don't have to do it alone, right? If there's a, you can have a morning exercise friend, you could have a morning meeting, uh phone call. You could have a, you know, a text buddy that you're both trying to get up at a certain time. Um, I had a group where I, uh, of coaches. And if I didn't get up by 8am, I would, uh, I would have some kind of punishment. 8AM was not early, really, but for me it was because I was having such massive anxiety, depression every morning. I could not get out of bed, but I wanted to, and and I know I co- I know I could, but I it didn't. I couldn't access it. So my friends just put a big fire into my ass, and they're like, "Okay, what do you really care about that if you had to give up would be like have an impact?" And we were talking about acting and stuff, and finally. They said, OK, if you don't wake up at 8 a.m. one day, you have to shave your head because that's going to totally affect your acting career. Right. And I was like, it might. Yeah. Um, and it sure enough, it happened. And so I ended up having to shave my head and I did it. I had to do it live on Facebook and talk about why. And then halfway through, my clippers broke. And so I had this like gnarly hair. It took me like a week to get it repaired. And. Uh, I was too ashamed to go to the Brock studio where, my, where I was that week. Cause like all the barbers had like perfect haircuts and I was, I ended up going, like going to some small town to do it. Um, but uh, you know, it's just an opportunity to like destroy my ego and get up for something bigger. Like I have a friend who is really overweight and trying to start running. And so he was like, became my text buddy cause I was in better shape and trying to run and I had been running. So, I was like, shit, if he's trying to run, he's starting to run, then, like, maybe I can do it. You know, so it's just, like, where are you not asking for help? And what do you, you know, where are you not – so if there's something you really care about – so so my day would be if you just want to sit in bed and eat ice cream, like, are you, get, are you allowing yourself days to do that? Like, and if it's becoming – but if it's every day and you actually want to get something done, if there's something you care about, like, what is the thing you really care about and – do you have any help or support around it? Um, maybe you can take one small action. I would, I would guess. I mean, we don't have time to go into it too much now. But I mean, is there something that you really care about that you're avoiding doing by eating ice cream?
0: Uh, this, this, this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, taking it off the the ground. But you know. Yeah.
1: And what does it feel like? Overwhelming. Like what's yes. the feeling? that comes yeah. up that makes you not want to do it?
0: Uh, the, um, I I don't, I don't necessarily know what the, I guess rejection is the, oh. uh, the, the big thing, you know, mm-hmm. not people not liking what you're, what, what I'm putting out. So I think yeah. that's what everybody, I think that's what everybody feels. Right. So everybody's of scared of yeah. doing things new because what if people don't like this?
1: Yeah. And so, I would ask you, is there anyone who, like, who is this for?
0: Uh, who is, like, the Who's podcast? Who's the show for, it? yeah. Uh, well,
1: I, I strive... Like, who would you love for people? Who would you love to hear? Like, the kinds of people.
0: Oh, I... So, I like bringing stories, like, out of people. Like, mm-hmm. selfish, whether it's selfishly. Uh, I like hearing what makes people tick and what, you know seeing them recall a story that puts a smile on this on their face and makes them happy again. Yeah. You know, and then being able to connect to which the most important part connect to whoever is watching this. Mm. So they say, I feel that too. And Mm. then they somehow through the internet, through, you know, no matter where they are in the universe, feel connected.
1: Mm. So I would, my challenge to you this week of an action you would take is to, Take three minutes every day this week to imagine that person who you're reaching, what they look like and see them smiling and what that makes possible in their life. And so, especially the people that are having the hardest days, right? Right. See them lighting up and seeing possibility. So connect to who, who, you know, connect to that part of it, not the like, you know, yeah, wherever, whatever side you feed is going to grow, right? So if you feed right. the fear side, yeah, there's going to be tons of people that don't like it. Yeah. Uh, but as a reflection, if you have some haters, you're doing something well, you're reaching someone. That's and true. what I always tell artists is if you don't put your art out there, no one can ever appreciate it. So if you're, if you're holding on to it, you're robbing all the people who will appreciate it of that benefit. And it's like that quote, it's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. But who are you not to shine? Because you are a beautiful being that needs to be hurt. But it's the people you're trying to reach. So if you can't do it for you, imagine doing it for them, those people over there. Right. And does that get you out of bed? Like just try it for for you know 30 seconds each each day this week yep. and see if something shifts, right? Like tap into your purpose and your intention and take action towards that, right? Or do you just need a friend or a producer that's like, holds you accountable to show up even right. when you don't feel like it or to right. remind you how awesome you are and to remind you of that person, right? Because it's just
0: a practice. I to people to tell me how awesome I am.
1: Why not? <laughs> ask your friends. You can ask for it. You can actually say, hey, I need to hear how awesome I am and I need to remember why I'm doing this podcast. Right. I have a friend who lives across the street And if I ever forget why I'm doing what I'm doing, I just call him. And if I don't want to remember, I don't call him, you know, (laughs) because he's like, be careful. If I call him, I've got to hear my greatness. And we actually avoid each other sometimes because we know we have that great listening of each other. But now we we don't really avoid it that much anymore. We call like more. We practice reaching out and say, hey, I could use support. Hey, I want to, you know, I don't feel great today. Hey, why am I doing this? You know, and a friend would love to tell you how awesome you are. So where are you not asking for help and trying to do it alone?
0: It's a great question. That's a great question that usually people don't ask me questions. But uh, speaking of Listen, questions, I'm asking myself
1: that question this year.
0: I do want to get into my Milo Beasley show frequently asked questions okay, uh, while we uh, before we run out of time. And these are the same questions that I ask to every guest. They're really they're They're easy. You directly, you, you know, all the answers. So first first question. What was the first concert you ever attended?
1: I'm still, yeah, I think it's Aerosmith.
0: Holy moly.
1: I believe it's Aerosmith. It's either Aerosmith or Dave Matthews, but I'm pretty sure it's Aerosmith.
0: That's, that's an awesome, that's a, that's a tough first concert to to beat.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. My (laughs) friends actually got tickets without me and I was so pissed off at them because they also had me drive them there. Um, that, uh, I went in by myself and got a ticket and it turns out I was like front row with these two beautiful older women and they were like way up in the nosebleeds. And I was like, screw you guys. (laughs) I definitely remember that concert.
0: Question number two, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We had some, some weird stuff happen or just, I just
1: always believe I was going to be like that kid from the sixth sense. I don't know. I just, I feel (laughs) spirits. I believe they're there. I respect them. I haven't seen them. I don't want to see them, but I used to research poltergeists and ghost stories as a kid because I was born right after Halloween and I'm obsessed with Halloween. So.
0: Oh, same, same Z's. I believe in them
1: enough to where I can't watch most horror movies these days because it feels too real.
0: That's I don't like uh, like exorcist type movies or anything that could be real. Yeah, I
1: can't do that anymore. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm excited to hear your answer on on this one because you talked about your parents before. So this is a, a slight twist to a common question. But okay. in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Oh, my
1: God. That's great, man. Um, uh, this is a great question. Wow. I feel like someone wild um I don't know like I sort of feel like Meryl Streep is my mom Ooh. like uh but I then I also see like Kate McKinnon as a potential <laughs> um and then the like some mix between the two of them um and then my father <laughs> in a movie um, oh my gosh that's great it would be like well um Richard Chamberlain played this like uh, Willie Nelson kind of character in the movie *We Are the Hartmans* that I that I starred in, and uh, so I feel like some like older actor who's playing some wild young hippie would be my dad. So I don't, um, I can't quite picture them. Um, it'd be good. I mean, I I see like Ben Stiller a little bit. I see uh um jeff bridges you know i also see like uh i don't know just some quirky theatrical people you know like even the parents of uh of uh like meet the Fockers, you know dustin hoffman and right. uh, Su- um hello Susan's, uh wait no no
0: no he's, um yeah uh Gosh,
1: he's only like the most one of the people hit. in the world. Thank you. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. Okay. Right. Keep going. I'm going to be thinking about this all day.
0: <laughs> Who is your favorite person to follow on social media? Mm.
1: Wow. Those are great questions. I don't have a one. I'd say uh, my friend and coach, Preston Smiles, is one of my favorites. I feel like he really keeps it real and has a good sense of humor. Um, I really respect him a lot. Uh, Another one is the Good News Dog. That's one of my favorite people to follow because they remind me that there's good things happening in the world and to celebrate and look at the positive. And there's a lot of little kids on there too. So it reminds me that like we were once that young and actually loved a lot of things and did them unapologetically. So why the F are we not taking action on what we care about
0: right now? Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and then question number five whether it was on a movie set, a uh, commercial set, just again in in New York, oh, also
1: Russ, Russell Brand, just because, yes, um, yeah, I'm just interesting. I mean, it, yeah, less in the political I, days, but I really like it. You know, he comes from the heart and he's real,
0: absolutely. <clears throat> so, again, on set, on uh, just passing by again at NYU. What was your biggest fanboy moment where you saw somebody and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it's so and so. I have to meet him or there is no way I'm going to meet him."
1: Huh. Oh. Uh, my biggest fanboy moment. Mm. um There's been so many, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, one of the biggest ones was Uh, I was in the, I think I was like 10 and, um, we saw Tom Cruise at this Broadway show and I was obsessed with Top Gun. I knew all of the lyrics to every song in the show. Um, and I was too shy to go see him. And my sister actually went down to say hi and she was like, my, my brother's a big fan and he was with, um. He was with uh, I can't think of anyone's name right now. And Nicole Kidman, and they were they were engaged or something. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a very important conversation. We just decided Tom Cruise was like a dick from the rest for the rest of our lives, you know. But like I realized this guy was just actually trying to have a conversation. But that was like that was probably one of the biggest fanboy moments because I still never met him and I saw him. He was like right there, and I was like, ah, Tom Cruise. My sister actually went out of her way, my big sister, for me. Right. Um, The other one, where I did meet the person was, I was waiting tables at Tortilla Flats in West Village, New York, which used to be this famous tequila bar. And like a lot of celebrities went there and it was right after Dell Day. So I was still getting recognized and a waiter. So it was really rough. But Mary Louise Parker came in and I had just finished the season of, the seasons of Weeds, the show. And I just thought she was an incredible actress and I'd seen her on Broadway. And so I stopped her and I told her just how phenomenal I thought she was. Um, and, uh, and as an artist and actor, and she was really moved by it. And that was really cool.
0: That's yeah, awesome.
1: So that was awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I do have to ask you about magic. Do you, do you still practice? Do you still uh, practice magic? Um, well, occasionally, Whoa
1: yeah no, i can still do some pretty good stuff so um i don't do it a lot but i uh you know i just try to surprise people with oh like you know and um occasionally do things i really don't practice it professionally anymore though that's actually the most magic i've done in a while but um on stage with my band i occasionally yeah. surprise people with some magic so that's oh that's awesome fun. Yeah, and I have it actually on my Instagram. You can look up. There's a little magic thing. I don't know how many people see it, but there's actually little bits of me doing magic and playing these characters and that I did with magic. Um, So it's it's right there. I did it. I taught it this summer at a uh, circus camp at this amazing school here in Rhinebeck, the Primrose Hill Waldorf School. And uh, so I'm trying to, yeah, I'm sort of bringing it back into my life.
0: Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I love that you I, asked about I have, that. I have I no I, just... I have no 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 magician skills, but uh no magic illusion skills, but I, I love it. Uh I had uh Curtis Hart on my show one time who oh, cool. is amazing and he was the um the hand for uh thing. Oh wow and in the Adams family, and he's a fantastic music uh magician. So um yeah, that was that was really cool. Didn't
1: you also have Butch Patrick on here? Did I see I him? I did, yes. So he's a buddy. He's an old, like we were friends back in the day of the Dell days. It's like oh. me and Eddie Munster and the Dell dude used to hang out. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, we would
1: like go party together.
0: He was, he was, he was so amazing. So nice. That was, he's such um, a nice guy.
1: That's what I remember. I meant to ask you about that. I saw him yeah. in the preview. All
0: right. So uh before we wrap up working folks, I can see you, you have it in your, in your day, but where else can folks find you on your socials and uh, your website?
1: Yeah, uh, my website's bencurtis.co, but um, if you go to, yeah, all of that right there, any of those, and and I just say my Instagram because it's got my link tree in my bio, and you can literally, you can find the Dell commercials, you can find my band, you can book a call with me, you can um, get some of my free content uh, as a coach, you know, you can learn everything about me there, so that's good too, but you'll find me.
0: That's awesome. I, if you me. want to
1: find me, I trust you will. <laughs>
0: <Yes.
1: laughs> I would love to hear from you all. Like, seriously, I am.
0: This is the internet. They will yeah, find I mean, I'm a,
1: yeah, I, I may have been a celebrity in my day, but I, um, I really love to hear from people and I love to make a difference for people in their lives. And if there's anyone out there who's still trying to go at it alone and knows they could use some support, I would be happy to talk to you and see how I can support you. Um, as a coach and as a creative and uh, just don't forget to do what you love and don't forget to ask for help. You know, you get to ask for what you want and then allow other people to show up and vice versa. And if you want to be a service, ask for places to be of service. A lot of people will show you like, Oh yeah, I can help you. Yeah. I got lots you can do for you. You know, <laughs> lots of places you can be of service. So, It's been an honor um, to be here today too. And I want to thank you
0: yeah uh thanks for for you know chatting with me today and 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 spreading the the word of of motivation accountability uh you know those are, are are big big things and i think that um people often forget those things so uh again thank you for for chatting with me today my pleasure
1: my pleasure all
0: right well, thank I you all for watching yeah let us know yep uh and uh yeah T- uh s- subscribe but most importantly Tell your friends. We'll see you next week. I don't know who my guest is. We'll figure it out by then. All right. Uh, Chat with you later.